Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi folks, welcome to another Monday episode of the 59th Minute FPL Podcast, which is brought to you by Fantasy Football Scouts. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on Twitter at FPL General. Recording this episode early Monday morning, Blank Gaming 32 is in the books and it's a quick turnaround with another FPL deadline on Tuesday at 6pm UK time for Game Week 33. It's a regular Game Week midweek, so we'll have our City, United, Brighton and Chelsea assets available again. There will be another episode on Friday to preview the Game Week at the weekend as well, so make sure you hit subscribe wherever you're listening for that one. On today's episode, I'll take a quick look at how the Game Week 32 free hit went. Welcome two new members to the 59th Minute Club. Highlight a few stats that caught my eye over the weekends, update the watch list, answer questions and take a look at captaincy and transfers for midweek. A quick review of the free hits. It was a success, my best game week of the season. I think my game week rank was around 6,000. 88 points which seen my rank go from 72k to 33k. So I'm now just 31 points off the top 10k. But I'm not really readjusting my targets too much when I came back after the World Cup my target was very much top 50k and if I can finish top 50k I'd be absolutely delighted so I'm going to look to consolidate my rank rather than really push on and try and get a top 10k because I've tried to shake off that kind of top 10k goal which we had you know a few years ago I think with so many managers playing the game now so much you know copycat behavior and people following content creators and all that kind of stuff. I think it's much, much harder to get a top 10K. I feel like a top 50K is a fantastic finish nowadays. So if I can get, if I can stay where I am now, inside the top 50, that'll be nine top 50s in the last 10 seasons. But top 10K will be a bonus. But if the season ended now, I would be quite happy. The free hit picks, Johnston with a 10-pointer in goal. Trent and Robbo delivered. Trippier blanked. Midfield of Captain Salah with 14, Saka 13, Martinelli 9, Odegaard 7. So all three Arsenal midfielders delivered. Got a nice slice of luck with Madison missing out and Isaac coming in off the bench for a 13-pointer. I very rarely get good points from my bench, so I'm t- definitely going to take this one. Ivan Tony with 9 and Ollie Watkins also blind. So very nice game week on the free hit to set myself up for the final six weeks of the season. <laughs> 
A very warm welcome to the 59th Minute Club, to Liverpool duo Fabinho and Cody Gakpo. I was very close to going Gakpo over Robertson on the free hit. I was at Celtic on Saturday. I was walking out of the stadium about 5 o'clock. No coverage, no Wi-Fi during the game. I switched on my Twitter to see all the notifications about the Gakpo 59th Minute substitution, which put a smile on my face. So welcome to the club, Fabinho and Gakpo. They will see some familiar faces because their teammates Harvey Elliott and Curtis Jones have been in the club for quite a while. So they'll show them around, they'll buy them a drink and make them feel at home. As always, midweek, keep an eye on those clocks. A few stats that caught my eye in Game 32 from having a look in this Fans Football Scout members area. Defenders first of all, Trent and Robertson stood out here. They created nine chances between them against Nottingham Forest. So Robertson created five and Trent created four. I don't currently own any of these players in my regular FPL team. It was nice to have both of them on the free hit. I'm certainly looking to bring one of them in in the near future. Most likely Trent Alexander-Arnold. Midfield stats. Martinelli created six chances against Southampton. But Kyle Saka created five. So those two continue to be the standout picks from the Arsenal attack. At Aston Villa, Buendia created two big chances and Joe Willock at Newcastle also created two big chances at the weekends. Cody Gakpo in 59 minutes had four goal attempts. Three of them were from inside the box. So despite the early substitution, Gakpo's numbers were pretty good and I have added him to the watch list this week. But there's a certain other Liverpool attacker who is not named Mo Salah, who may be more popular now than Gakpo for the next few game weeks. Martin Odegaards also had the same numbers as Gakpo. Four goal attempts, three shots in the box. Michael Alise again took all of the Crystal Palace corners, which was eight. And in terms of strikers, the only thing that really stood out to me was Ivan Toney, creating three chances so as much as of a goal scorer Tony is he's very good when it comes to chance creation as well so there's a few numbers just might help you with some of your decisions this week or for the weekend before I move on to the next section I just missed out on a few forward stats there Gabriel Jesus six shots in the box and Dominic Solanke five shots in the box so Solanke and Jesus were very popular free hit picks both players blanked but I think if you're an owner of either player or both players, you can call yourself unfortunate because lots, you know, that's eleven shots in the box, you know, combined for those two players. Gabriel Jesus had a, you know, I think his XGI or XG was up at about 1.4, 1.5. So his finishing let him down. He was a good pick, but just didn't get the outcome that it deserved. Solanke, I think, had the post as well, so very unlucky. Other forwards, Isaac and Jota, two players who did deliver. Both of those guys had four shots in the box. And I think both players are looking very good options for the running. Quick watch list update now ahead of the midweek action. Players removed, first of all, just one. Hyungman's son had him on the watch list with a view to a potential punt on the free hit. Thankfully, I didn't go there. I just don't think you can justify paying for Hyungman's son the way Tottenham are playing at the moment. Players added to the watch list this week. Castagna, after his goal, 
Leicester have some decent fixtures coming up for the rest of the season as well. He's only 4.3 and he's got some attacking potential. Three Liverpool players added. Robertson joins the watch list alongside Trent, who's already there. Gakpo, who I mentioned, and also Diego Jota. Back-to-back braces, have not scored for a year. I think it was a couple of podcasts back, someone asked about Jota. And I said, stay away, because he hadn't scored for a year. And I do remember saying, get yourself to the bookie, stick a few bob on him scoring. And I hope some of you did, because he certainly smashed it ever since. And very much on the radar now, 8.8 million forwards. You know, I think people might look to switch Ollie Watkins soon to the tempting option Jota. Also added a cheap forward if you can't quite afford Jota. Ian Acho at Leicester is only 5.9. Took the penalty at the weekends. Looks like he could be first choice now under Dean Smith. We've always known Ian Acho FPL wise. If he's on the pitch, he's very productive. So hopefully that is the case for the rest of the season. So Again, that's the players added and removed. I haven't done a you know proper watch list update for a while, so I'll very quickly just run through the players that are that are on this watch list for the for the run in. There's 24 players. I don't keep goalkeepers on it. So defenders, there's Trent Robertson, Ben White, Moreno at Aston Villa, Gehi at Crystal Palace, and Castagna. This is just in order of price. There's no preference here. Midfielders, you've got Salah and Gakpo at Liverpool. De Bruyne and Grealish at Manchester City. I do favour Grealish just for the cash save in there. Madison missed out at the weekend, but I still think he could be a good pick for the next couple of weeks. Jared Bowen at West Ham, who seem to have turned the corner now. And Bowen's been very consistent. I think it's four or five games now, and he's got an attack and return in each of them. Martinelli and Odegaard, two players I have owned this season. And I might own again at some point. But if you look at Arsenal's fixtures, the next two or three are tricky on paper at least. So I think it could be maybe the final three game weeks before I go back there. Eze and Elise are on the watch list along with Jacob Ramsey at Villa and Andreas Pereira at Fulham who continues to deliver at a budget price. Forwards on my radar, Jota, Gabriel Jesus... Ivan Tony, who is now no longer at risk of the yellow card suspension. He's still got a possible other suspension hanging over him. But I think he went six games without a yellow card to avoid that two-game ban. Uh, guarantee he'll get, get one now in the next one when he's off the leash. Isaac at Newcastle, who I had on the free hit and I would like to own at some point soon. Ian Acho and Solanke remains on the watch list as well as a budget option. Time to answer some Twitter questions now. Thank you for sending them across. The first one this week comes in from Ryo and it's about Trippier. Ryo says, Trippier is good on the eye test. He's great for FPL points, but he did nothing in the last four games. Is it time to consider selling him? So Ryo mentions that Trippier has done nothing in the last four game weeks. But I had a deeper dive. And if you look back, it's actually nine blanks in the last 11 game weeks for Trippier. Are we having too much faith in him because of how good he was you know for the first you know half of the season maybe maybe even a wee bit more than the first half of the season or should we keep the faith given we know what he can do in terms of attacking potential and more importantly bonus points Newcastle obviously big one against Tottenham six goals no clean sheet 
and Trippier not involved in any of the six goals, which is quite surprising. I don't think it's too often where Newcastle would score six and you don't get at least one assist from Kieran Trippier. I think that's a bit of a bit of an outlier. In terms of fixtures, the fixtures are good for Newcastle. Everton next, then it's Southampton. Two very good fixtures against two of the worst teams in the league. And Newcastle also have the double game week on the horizon in game week 36, which is pretty soon. So overall, I'm not concerned about Trippier. I think we should keep the faith. He's been absolutely amazing all season. He's got everything in his locker to be the best, one of the best ever FPL defenders. He ticks all the boxes. He's got so many avenues to points. He's got the fixtures. He's got a double to come. There's not a huge amount of other good defenders out there. So I think you should keep him. Even on the wild card, I'm going to talk about a wild card draft in the final question on this week's podcast. I still think Trappier would be in my wild card squad as well. I can understand there's temptation to go without him, maybe go for Fabian Share instead, but I still think both players are very good. So Trippier for me, I would keep the faith because the fixtures are good. He's got the double and we know what he can do as an FPL pick. Question from Mikkel. He says, the only question that matters, Salah or no Salah? My answer is definitely Salah. I think those of us who don't own him, he should be the priority this midweek or the weekend. I think if you can't get him for midweek, we should definitely set ourselves up to be able to get him at the weekend, even if it requires a little bit of surgery and a minus four. Liverpool have great fixtures. They're playing well. Salah's scoring FPL points. They've got the double game week 34, which is the weekend. So yeah, absolutely. If you don't have him, I think he's one of the most important players to own for the final few weeks of the season. Question from FPL Bafana. Harry Kane consistently delivers, even in a 6-1 defeat. However, for many, selling him is the only route to Salah. So who to choose for the run-in? Salah has a double game week, but he could potentially be covered by Jota. So, a lot going on there in that question. First of all, Kane versus Salah. Salah, for me, comes out on top at the moment, playing for the better team, got the better fixtures, got the double game week. If you need to sell Harry Kane for Salah, I think you should do it. I think that's been the case for a couple of game weeks. I feel like this question has come in a couple of times in the last few episodes. I'm currently a Harry Kane owner. I'm probably not going to make any transfers midweek with one eye on making that switch for the weekend. Kane will go and Salah will come in. And it might mean, you know, three transfers. It might even be a minus four at the weekend, but 100% set on getting Salah for the weekend. Now, in terms of Bafana mentioned here, can Jota cover Salah? Never too keen on that word coverage. I feel like you should just judge each pick on their own merit. And if you think you know Salah's a fantastic pick and a good captain in certain game weeks, you should go and get him. If you think Jota is in the top three forward options in the game now, you should just go and get him as well. So it's a case of you know judging each player in each position and you know going for it if you can, and probably getting both players if you fancy it. I wouldn't try. I wouldn't get Jota, you know, just because you can't afford Salah. I would be, you know, I would be you know, finding a way to get Salah. If you think Salah's the better pick, the more reliable captain pick, I think you should find a way to get him, even if it's a minus four, either this week or at the weekend. Jota, in his own right, is looking like a very good pick, but I feel like Salah is important to own. Question from Sweeler. 
Trents or Jota for Game Week 34? Sweeler says, I think this is the decision most of us will face. So yeah, Jota, very, very tempting now with the back-to-back braces. Got the monkey off his back, having not scored for a long time. Trent is 7.5 million. Jota is 8.8. Jota is quite tricky to fit in at 8.8 million. If he was around the same price as Trent, I think it would be a lot closer in terms of a decision. I still feel like there's plenty of good strikers out there at other clubs as well. Jota will always be a slight rotation risk, no matter how good he's playing. So I'm leaning towards Trent for security of minutes and just find it, I find it a little bit easier to fit Trent into my team structure at the moment than I do Jota. Both looking very good. You would think both players, you would hope both players score pretty similar points over the final six game weeks of the season. And again, maybe both is the answer here. Maybe you go after Trent and Jota alongside Salah. That's probably looking like the ideal Liverpool triple up at the moment. That can change very quickly. You know, Jota's on fire at the moment. Gakpo could come back and deliver midweek. You know, Jota could get a rest. Who knows what's going to happen? So I'm looking at if I'm looking at Salah coming in at the weekend, losing Harry Kane, I might bring Trent in alongside Salah in a triple move. Question from Eric. Is Rashford a no-brainer to bring back in, even after 120 minutes in the Cup? Yeah, it wasn't ideal to see the United and Brighton guys play 120 minutes. But the United game is not until Thursday night. So there is, you know, three full days, you know, almost four full days of recovery time for Rashford and the others. It was a bit concerning as a Bruno Fernandes owner to see him go off and have some strapping around his foot. So hopefully we get some information from Tin Hag on that one. Hopefully Bruno is fit for midweek. Or if he's not fit, it would, it would be nice to have information that he's not fit because Bruno to Salah would be a pretty easy move, again, even if it meant a minus four. So is Rashford a no-brainer if you don't own him? Yes, I think he is. I think he's one of the best, remains one of the best picks in the game. He's got the double on the horizon in 34. So if you can get him this week, just go and do it. I've got no concerns over game time. Question from Scott Simpson. What's going on with the goalkeeper situation at Brighton? I've got Steele, but I have no idea who plays. Now, yes, yeah, so Sanchez played in the cup. Steele was on the bench. Sanchez kept a clean sheet. Didn't really do much wrong. So it's very, very tricky. If you own Steele, it's a bit of a headache. Um, if Steele is your only goalkeeper and you don't have a backup, let's say you've got Ward as your backup, I think you probably need to address it. Um, you know, Steele could come back in in the league. A lot of people seem to think Steele is going to be number one in the league, but it's impossible to know what's going to happen there unless Deserby comes out and specifically says it before the midweek deadline, which is probably unlikely. So if you've got no other issues in your squad, if you've got goalkeeper problems, if you've got a wee bit of cash, I would probably just fix it. Uh, and maybe you sell, if you've got a ward, for example, you probably sell ward and you keep Steele, uh, you know, especially if you've got a bench boost still to use. Ideally, Steele will come back in in 33, and then you could use him as part of a bench boost in 34. But yeah, certainly a bit of a messy situation, FPL-wise, when it comes to Brighton goalkeepers. And I would probably be making a switch, rather than running the risk of having no goalkeeper in game week 33. Question from Scott. Do you think the FA Cup semi-final could impact Brighton's FPL assets? In particular, Solly March. And if so, who would you replace them with? Absolutely no concerns. Yes, March missed the penalty. He was very upset. But he's been probably, you know, arguably Brighton's player of the season. Um, So don't read too much into the FA Cup defeat. 
Brighton have an awful lot to play for in the league. You know, their outside chance of getting Champions League. They've got... But the big one with Brighton, FPL-wise, there's only six game weeks to go this season. But Brighton are the only team who have nine fixtures. So, you know, in 50% of the weeks remaining, Brighton have a double game week. So, absolutely, triple up on Brighton. Whichever Brighton assets you have, I think you stick with them. And you trust the fixtures, you trust the team because they are a fantastic team and there should be FPL points to come. Next question is from Mexican Dade. Is Welbeck a nice wee differential at a good price? He's got three double game weeks and he plays for a good attacking team. I don't really like Welbeck as a pick. Had a look at his numbers as well. He hasn't completed 90 minutes since game week 12. So straight away that puts me off. And also you've got a very good striker in Evan Ferguson who is probably going to be first choice when he's fit. Obviously missed the FA Cup game. But by the sounds of it, it's not too serious. And he should be back soon. So that puts me off Welbeck. I think Matoma, Solly March, Stupinen, McAllister, all of these guys, maybe even Lewis Dunk, all of these guys I think are better picks than Welbeck when it comes to Brighton. When I always think about Welbeck as well, I think about the other striking options at other teams. You know, mentioned a few of them on the watchlist section. Very hard to justify including them at the moment question from FPL Jugs what are your thoughts on owning no Arsenal assets for the next two to three game weeks if it allows you to target teams with better fixtures and doubles in game week 34 yeah I think this is perfectly viable Arsenal's next three fixtures Man City away really tricky Chelsea at home on paper not great Newcastle away really tricky so this is probably a you know it's it's a sticky spell for Arsenal in terms of fixtures we've seen them kind of bottle it a wee bit against Southampton and West Ham recently could they go off the boil a bit in the next couple of games it's possible but again FPL wise it's the attraction of these double game weekers you know your Brighton picks Manchester United picks players like Grealish at Manchester City I th- I'm always you know it's always fixtures come first for me when it comes to fantasy and when I see a team like Arsenal as good as they've been this season but when they've got three you know tricky enough ties coming up together when you've got other teams with better fixtures and more importantly other players with extra fixtures I'm always going to lean towards those guys so talking about selling Salah at the weekend it's probably going to be Saka out because I'm not going to sell my Brighton double midfield and I'm not going to sell Rashford and I've got Bruno as well and if he's fit you know makes sense just to keep him because he's got the double as well so Saka to Salah I think will be very popular uh, over you know midweek and at the weekend. So I think it's absolutely fine given the fixtures and given the other options out there. We can always go back to Arsenal for the final three game weeks when the fixtures are better. Question, final question is from Eben Faturi. Give me your best wildcard 33 into bench boost 34 squad. So this question came in a lot. There's a lot of people wildcarding 33 some are bench boosted in the 34. Obviously, some have already used the bench boost, but the picks probably don't change that too much, whether you're bench boosting or not in 34. Do remember, if you have your wildcard and your bench boost, you cannot use them in the same week. So if you want a bench boost in 34, you need to wildcard this week, game week 33. I put this squad together very quickly, and it's slightly over budget, I think by maybe 0.3 or 0.4. So some of you might be able to afford this. Some of you might need to get a bit more creative if you don't have a high team value. What I found when putting a wildcard squad together, the tricky part is the goalkeeper steal, because if we knew that Steele was going to play for Brighton, 
He's so cheap and he makes the wildcard building so much easier because you could get him this week and you could use him on a bench boost in 34. Do you take the gamble? If you're on a wild card on a bench boost, do you take the gamble that he is first choice in the league? Or do you play it safe? Do you get someone like Fabianski instead? Which might mean you, you know you downgrade a position elsewhere. This wildcard squad also has a few single game weekers for game week 34. I don't think you should have 15 double game weekers because you're building this wildcard for the rest of the season, not just for game week 33 and game week 34. So in the end, it was David De Gea in goal and Steele as the backup, you know, taking that gamble that he is first choice in the league. Now, if this was me and I was actually playing a wild card, I am a very safe FPL manager. And I think when it came to Tuesday evening, if there was no information from Deserby about who his number one goalkeeper is, I'd probably take Steele out and I'd probably find a way to go Fabianski instead. Fabianski for the for the double and 34 for the bench boost. And then, you know, probably just use David De Gea for the rest of the season. You could go Ederson. It's quite hard to go there though, isn't it? They always just seem to find a way to score. Goalkeepers, to me, there's no standout goalkeeper pick on the wild card. There's a couple of different directions you could go. Defensive picks on a wild card. Trent, Trippier, Fabian Scher, Luke Shaw and Akanji. Now, I've got Shaw and De Gea. Might make more sense just to go with one of those players because you don't want to block out a move for a second United attacker in the future. Uh, Akanji, again, it's a gamble that he plays and it's also a gamble that City actually keep, start keeping some clean sheets. But I think if you're on a wild card, you've probably got to attack it and, and probably go and get three City players. Haaland and Grealish, I think, pick themselves and then you can gamble on a defender or gamble on an Ederson. Um, so Trent Trippier, Shar, Shaw, Akanji, midfield. I think midfield's the easy part. Salah, Rashford... Matoma, March and Grealish. I think that will be a fairly standard wildcard midfield this week. And up front, again, not as straightforward. Haaland is definitely in. Jota is in this one. And I went for Ian Acho because of budget. So, like I mentioned, you might want to spend a bit more on the steel position for security of starts. And if you take steel out, you could go with Stupinen or Lewis Dunk instead of a Kanji, for example, or instead of Luke Shaw. Or if you don't want double Newcastle defence, you could do something there as well. You could just keep a Watkins instead of going for a Jota. Um, you know, Trent and Robertson double ups an option as well. So there's plenty of scope, you know, to to be different with this wild card and, and bench boost in game week thirty four. But like I said, midfield is the easy part. And certainly to me the goalkeepers looks a little bit tricky. But that just gives you an idea of of, of where I'd be if I was wildcarding this week. Best of luck if you are on the wildcard. Hopefully it gives you a big shot in the arm for the final few weeks. Quick look at the midweek captaincy. Haaland is at home to Arsenal. I think that's where I'm going to go with my armband. I fancy Manchester City to win that game. So I'm going to back Haaland to do the damage elsewhere. Ollie Watkins is a very good captaincy candidate at home to Fulham this week. Some will argue he's a better candidate than Haaland. I do expect to see quite a few Watkins armbands when I see team reveals on Twitter on Tuesday evening. Rashford is away to a pretty poor Tottenham team. Again, maybe some people have concerns about the 120 minutes, so that might put them off the captaincy. You've got Salah and Jota who are away to West Ham. I think they're fine picks as well. I'd favour Salah over Jota, just out of slight concern of rotation. And Isaac 
is away to Everton. I quite like him as a captaincy candidate as well. If you've got more faith in Arsenal than I do against Manchester City, the usual suspects there, Saka, Martinelli, Odegaard, are all viable captaincy candidates as well. But for me, I think it's a straight shootout. Haaland versus Arsenal or Watkins at home to Fulham. And at the moment, the armband is on the Manchester City man. In terms of potential midweek transfers, you know, I could go early on Salah, take a minus four, sell Bruno, sell Saka. But to me, it feels better just to give it another game week's worth of information, two free transfers for the weekend, and then do that surgery. So looking to save the transfer, as long as there's no major concerns. I know Fabian Scher has a knock, but... I've got decent defenders on the bench. I think I've got Shaw on the bench at the moment. So if Fabian Scher did miss out, I'll just play Shaw. and I can still save the transfer. Keep an eye on news on Bruno Fernandes as well. If Bruno Fernandes, if it was the case that he was definitely ruled out for midweek and if he was a doubt for the weekend, then I probably would bring the Salah move forward and kind of change those plans. Instead of selling Saka for Salah at the weekend, I'd sell Bruno for Salah midweek. So I'll keep an eye on that Monday and Tuesday to see if anything comes through. If all goes well and I do save my transfer, it'll be something like Kane, Saka, Rico Henry out for Sam Greenwood, Salah and Trent minus four for the weekend, which would give me nine double game week players. Back to midweek, current 11 is looking like David Raya, Trippier, Fabian Scher, Estupinen, midfield four of Saka, Rashford, Bruno, Matoma, Haaland captain, Watkins, and one last dance from Harry Kane. Thanks for taking the time to listen, folks. I hope you found it useful. I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review and hit the subscribe button. And also give it a share on Twitter if you enjoyed it. It helps old and new listeners find the podcast more easily. And if you'd like to support me as a full-time FPL content creator, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash FPL general. Or you can simply buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash FPL general. Best of luck for midweek, folks. Don't get caught out by the 6 o'clock Tuesday deadline, UK time. And I'll talk to you again on Friday to preview the big double game week 34. Sports Social Podcast Network.